0: Welcome to this week's podcast from Oceans Church in Orange County. We hope you're encouraged by this week's message. For more information, please visit our website at theoceanschurch.com.
1: Today's going to be a great day. If you're brand new to our church, every week here at Oceans we open up the Bible. Who loves the Bible? I know some people don't like the Bible. They're like, the Bible's boring. I think the Bible isn't boring. I think some people that preach the Bible are boring. I don't think the Bible is boring. It's like saying flour and sugar are boring ingredients. It's like it's all about who's whipping that thing up. And I think that sometimes we open up the B-I-B-L-E and we don't put any energy into studying it, to letting it get inside of us. And so my, 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 my heart every week is I try to I spend time with Jesus. I chew on his words. I pray for you guys each week. And then I just go, God, would you please show me how to use all of my energy to, to, to unlock all the energy that's in this book and usually, man, when we come to God's word, we don't have to defend it. It's like a lion; we just got to let it off its leash. And God does the rest. Everyone said amen. amen. Well, it's going to be a good Sunday. Uh, if you're brand new today, we've been in a series called It's Possible. And I'm really grateful that God gave us this title a couple weeks back, uh, especially in all that's happened just the, the last three weeks that feels like two decades. How many would agree that 2020 was the longest decade of your life? And 2021 has been a crazy year as well, and so much going on in the world. And I believe that right now we are in a cycle. Say with me, cycle. In life, there is seasons, and there is cycles, cycles and seasons. Ecclesiastes tells us there's nothing new underneath the sun. And what has been is what will be, and what has happened will happen again. And uh, we live in a climate right now that there's a lot of stuff going on. Things outside of our control, and there is a difference between cycles and seasons. And today, I want to talk to you about cycles of victory. Say with me. Cycles of victory. I wish life was perpetual, every day, nonstop, mountaintop victory experiences. But from my 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 living and uh, everyday life, what I've found is that life isn't a perpetual. Uh, standing next to a bush on fire, with the voice of God coming out of it, with my with my tibas off next to me, uh, feet barefoot in the sand, listening to the voice of God, or like maybe Peter, James, and John on top of the mountain of Transfiguration, and Jesus being bedazzled in his wardrobe and shining in his beard, and and hearing his voice, and Moses and Elijah talking. From from my experience, life isn't just mountaintops. My experience is there's some valleys, there's some struggles. There's some, there's some seasons of opposition and turbulence. And uh, I really do believe that we're, in a, we're living in a, a unique window of history. But what that tells me is God has a lot of faith in us. I think the reason why God let us live now and not in the days of maybe uh, the 70s or the 60s or maybe you weren't alive in the 40s or the 20s, I think God put you and me on the earth today because he knew there was something in us that was appropriate for what's going on in the world. Four people believe it today if you're watching online. We're going to get them fired up here in a second. Today, if you have your Bible, turn me to Acts chapter 14. Every week we open the Bible up here at Ocean's Church. We believe that God speaks through his word. How many believe that, man, we should love God's kingdom and his house more than we love sports? Anybody believe that? I wrote this down. I thought it was kind of funny, but I, I thought 10 reasons why I think believers... Don't like sporting events. You know, I wrote down I, I wrote down why, why believers shouldn't like going to sporting events. I think that we shouldn't like going to sporting events anymore because the coach never came to visit us. I thought maybe we shouldn't like sporting events anymore because the people sitting in our row didn't seem very friendly. I stopped going to Laker games because the refs made some decisions I didn't agree with. <laughs> Just come on, you smile a little bit in church. I was thinking, I don't like going to sporting events anymore because every time I went to sporting events, they asked for money. Every time I go to sporting events, the game goes to overtime sometimes, and I get home too late. I was thinking about how I don't like going to sporting events anymore because the band the band played a song that I never heard before. I was thinking about how some sporting events um, they they're scheduled on my only day to sleep in and run errands. I was thinking people don't say this, do They, they <laughs> this is a hostile environment right now. I might get shot after the service. I was thinking about, I don't like sporting events because my parents took me to too many when I was growing up. I read a few Sports Illustrated magazines, so I really have more knowledge now than the coaches do. So I stopped going. This one's funny. I don't like sporting events anymore. I don't take my children because I want them to choose for themselves what sport they like best. I thought, man, what if Christians in America love the church more than the world loves sports? What would that look like? How many think that would be a good idea? Well, it's quiet in the Presbyterian church, but I want to preach anyways. Acts 14. Now, it happened in Iconium, 14 verses here today we're going to read, that they went together to the synagogue of the Jews, and they spoke that a great multitude, both of Jews and Greeks, believed. Say with me, believed. There was some belief there. But the unbelieving Jews stirred up the Gentiles. They poisoned their minds against the brethren. Therefore, I love this, therefore, After, in spite of the opposition, the apostles stayed there for a long time. They didn't leave, they stayed. And they spoke boldly, they spoke boldly in the name of the Lord. And the Lord, who was bearing witness to the word of his grace, granted signs and wonders to be done by their hands, by their hands, by... So God confirmed that it was the message that they were preaching by their hands. I've learned this, one scholar said that without God, we can't, but without us, God won't. There was a divine collaboration. But the multitude went to the city. The city was divided, part sided with the Jews, others with the apostles. And there was this big persecution. There was tribulation. They discussed stoning them to death. That is not California stoning. That is biblical stoning. And it says that they went on and continued. Verse 7, they, they were preaching the gospel there when they left. And in Lystra, where are they at? In Lystra, a certain man without strength in his feet, was sitting a cripple from his mother's womb. This is is the parallel story for Paul about the beautiful gate story I preached about three weeks ago with Peter. Paul was there, and this man from, from the womb, he was born that way. He never walked. And the man heard Paul speaking, heard him preaching, Paul, observing him intently, he saw that he had faith to be healed. He saw that he had faith to be healed. He saw. He what? This is wild. Do you know that your body language is still a language? And some people, they come to church expecting nothing. And other people, they come to church expecting that maybe this is the day that God moves. Paul saw his faith, perceived that he had faith to be healed, And he said with a loud voice, stand straight on your feet. And this guy who had never walked leaped, and he began to walk. Now, when the people saw what Paul had done, they raised their voices saying, uh, in the, uh, L- 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 lucian language they said the gods have come down among us in the likeness of men barnabas they called zeus paul they called hermes because he was the chief speaker but the priest of zeus went to the temple to the city they brought oxen garlands of the gates intending to sacrifice with the multitudes but when the apostle uh, apostle barnabas and paul heard this they tore their shirts like hulk hogan come on somebody they ran out among the multitude crying out saying hey we are just men like you are settle down We are just like you with the same nature, and we preach to you that you should turn from these useless things to the living God who made heaven and earth and the ocean and all the things that are in them. And it says with those words, they barely constrain this crowd from worshiping them. But it's wild how fast humanity can go from worshiping you to wanting to kill you. Watch what happens in verse 19. Then the Jews, after this thing, from Antioch and Iconium, came there and having persuaded the multitudes, they stoned Paul and they dragged him out of the city, supposing him to be dead. Supposing him to be dead. However, I love that however, when the disciples gathered around him. How many know things happen when, when, when when believers gather around something? This guy looked dead, but the disciples gathered around him and he rose up. And he went into the city. This is crazy. He didn't just get up. He went back into the city that stoned him. And the next day, he departed with with Barnabas to Derby. I want to pray today. I want to talk to you about cycles of victory, cycles of victory. There's seasons in life. There's cycles in life. I want to talk to you about cycles of victory. Father, we love you. We invite you to move, to speak, to breathe. I pray that you would bless us today with your sweet presence. I pray that, God, you would elevate the faith right now in the room. I pray whether we're watching online or we're in these tents, that you would just, God, get us, to our, get us to a place that you would heat our faith up. I pray that we wouldn't be stale, stagnant. I pray that even now, God, we stir up the faith that's inside of us. We say that God can. Say it, Ocean Church, God can. So, Lord, have your way today. Lord, would you bless the Lakers? Would you, God, bless the Ocean softball team in Jesus' name? God's people said amen. Amen. Hey. Amen. I want to recruit any ex-pro baseball players join our softball team. We want to just beat everybody up for the Lord. Amen? Amen? Preach Jesus after they're weeping after we beat them. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Kidding. Seriously, though. Um, I don't know about you, but there's cycles in life, seasons in life. We just got back from Idaho. We took our kids to Idaho. Um, it's amazing you take your kids on vacation. Really, taking your kids on a trip is just feeding them in a different city. <laughs> That's all vacation is. It's eating... <laughs> In a different city with your kids, and we took our staff, and it was a great trip this week. And I went through the airport, and can we can we all agree that the airport is a lawless place? Airports are lawless places. People are drinking beer at seven in the morning. This is a lawless place. People are sleeping in the middle of the concourse. This is a lawless place. People are eating bags of chips for seventeen dollars. This is a lawless. It's a lawless place. Some things are crazy in life, cycles. You go to different cities. I went to, we were in Boise, and uh, it's crazy. I packed for the summertime, but the problem with some places, they're not like California, they actually get different seasons. I'm not complaining. I love California. I like our season. It's called heaven. We are home of the ugliest million-dollar houses in America because we have one season. It's called heaven, okay? You go to other places, like, it's not too cold. It's freezing, okay? Freeze! I pack shorts and T-shirts. We get to 32 degrees this week. I'm like, Lord, we're going back to heaven. And I believe that God lives in Orange County. He visits everywhere else, but He lives here. This is headquarters. Cycles and seasons. Seasons are uh, seasons are tough. Seasons are uh, they're they're predictable usually. Seasons are something you can prepare for them. You can adapt to seasons. You can get used to seasons. Some of them you don't get used to, like cold weather. But you get used to some seasons. You can dress for seasons. You can't stop seasons. You can't kick against seasons. But cycles are actually different than seasons. Why would they be different? Well, because cycles are something that you can actually affect. Cycles are something that by your attitude and by your actions can shift what cycle you're currently in. Now, I have three ladies in my house, and so we're in a perpetual cycle of trying not to be late. I got three girls in my house, so I live in an estrogen farm. Come on, somebody. And every day, one of my ladies says that, that someone's going to say it. I need another five minutes. Men, if you're single, I want you to write this down today. When a woman says they need five more minutes, I don't want you to think about five minutes. I want you to think about five minutes at the end of a sporting event. Both teams have all their timeouts. Are you following me today? It's a cycle. We're in a cycle right now. We're in a cycle of trying to get there on time. Cycles. We're cycles of life. There's cycles that you go through that you change. Uh, I believe that you can, you can actually change certain cycles. That, that cycles are something you can stop unhealthy cycles. You can start a healthy cycle today. You can, you can actually be in a downward cycle today. Or you can make up your mind today to start pursuing God and start an upward cycle. God has given us the authority to lead others out of bad cycles and into good cycles. Everything has cycles. We live in a world full of cycles and seasons. And, and I was thinking about even plants. We, we have plants. Can we all agree that, that your plants at home are kind of wimpy? I was in Idaho this week. Rochelle was looking at all this, this vast forest. She goes, Mark, how does it all survive? She says that because we have a hard time keeping things alive at our house. Mike helps us out with our yard. I'm like, Mike, I just don't know what I'm doing, man. Everything. I don't know why in nature plants are so tough. They're like, bring it, Mother Nature. They're like rain, lightning, snow. You can monsoon. We're standing. We're living. Out in the middle of Palm Desert, like, I'm a cactus. I'm good. How do you survive out there in the wild? And then you take that same plant and you put it in your yard. And you're supposed to water it on Sunday. And you don't water it until Monday. And it's like, I'm going to die. It's a phenomenon. Cycles. You know, in, the, in, the, in, in plants... Plants start with a seed. They start as a seed. And when a seed starts to grow, we call it germination. And when a plant gets mature, it produces flowers. And flatters. flowers are fertilized sometimes by honeybees and sometimes by the wind. And after a flower is fertilized, most plants make seeds in the form of fruit. And the seed inside of the fruit can be planted and grow into a new plant. And the cycle starts over again. And this week I was studying through the book of Acts, and I saw throughout the Bible that in the book of Acts it was much like today. The, the Bible, Acts, was written in between AD 30 and AD 62. But it's interesting, even though it was 2,000 years ago, that the cycles they went through then we're still going through today. It's amazing to me that in the early church, they had these cycles. It was like a cycle. They would they'd be in one stage and one cycle, and they would, do some, they would do certain things. They would pray certain things. They would say certain things. They would go after certain things. And somehow their actions and their attitudes would actually open up a window for a new cycle. And it was like one door opened the next door, and the next door opened the next door. And what I find when you read the book of Acts is not a peachy, fuzzy, warm story of everything always perfect. It's a story about how a motley crew of 120 people in a prayer meeting in an upper room actually went out with the power of prayer filled with the Spirit of God and in 32 years went from the corner of Palestine with 120 to shaking hundreds of thousands of people standing before Uh, Standing before Caesar in Rome in 32 years. They turned the world upside down. Do you know there was one in 30,000 people that were Christians when the church started? Think about that. You are one to every 30,000 people that don't believe like you believe. And yet there was something in them that multiplied and shifted the world. They went through cycles, though. They went through cycles. I found that there was cycles throughout the Bible, and I started writing these cycles down the day, and I wanted to share it with you because I think the cool thing is, is that when you do it right, it seems like when you follow Jesus and you go after him with all your heart, there is this cycle that God goes from stage to stage, and it's circular. It's circular. It's like you're either up uh, on the mountain or you're down in the valley, but if you stay with him long enough, you'll start to, it's almost like a fair ride. You ever notice that fair rides aren't good? Fair rides pretty much specialize in making you throw up. Can I get an amen? That's all they do. It's like fair rides. We're going to spin these people until they just got to throw up their Taco Bell. That's what they're going to do. We're going to spin them until they, okay. And so life is like cycles, right? And so I was studying, and the first cycle I saw here is we see it all throughout the book of Acts, but we find here in Iconium that that Paul and Barnabas are boldly declaring the word of God. They're boldly declaring the word of God. And the first cycle, I believe, if we're going to start the cycle of victory today in your life, the first thing we have to agree on is this, is God's word has power when people believe it boldly. Problem with most people is they believe it's a good book. And when you believe the Bible is a good book, you'll get good things out of it. Some people believe the Bible is a history book, and you'll get good history when you read it as a history book. Other people believe it's a good, man, it's a good book on just kind of ur- urban legends, and you get ur- you get some legends out of the book of the Bible. But I, I'll tell you that when you read the Bible as God's, his inspired, God-breathed, life-changing, life-altering, transformed the fabric of my DNA. You read it like that, you get something differently out of it. Can I get a good Amen. I, I see there's cycles. I want to share five cycles with you. The first cycle I see here in the Bible in Acts 14 is there was a cycle of bold preaching. Bold preaching. And I believe that whenever there's bold preaching, there will always be power that follows bold preachers. Here is the biggest myth probably in the North American church. Well, I want you to lean on this, on this point. You need to write this down. We don't just preach if we are preachers. I would go on the record to say that most people in America have bought a lie. That you have to work for a church to really share the good news. I want to tell you that the anointing comes on what you do for a living. And if you're a preacher, God's anointing will come on you to preach the Bible on a Sunday morning. But you're a professional in a boardroom, God's anointing will come on you. And the good news will come through you in a boardroom, in a classroom, in a locker room. Are you hearing me today? The anointing comes through what you do for a living. If you're a barista, you better make that little coffee, that little latte, that little marijuana leaf on the top of the foam. You better. That's not what it is. You make that little, that little coffee and you do it with the anointing that God supplies. I'm convinced too many people believe, well, I can't do stuff with God and for God because I don't work at the church. Guess what? If everybody at Ocean Church worked at the church, there'd be no church. How would we reach the world if only preachers preach in the church? You come to Sundays to get filled up to go fill the world up around you. You should come to church like a pregnant woman, eating so much that you're feeding people that aren't even here this week. Showing up to work on Monday so full of God's word. I got a message for you. I want to talk to you about cycles of victory. That's a great thought, Susie. You better believe it's a good thought. God's got something for you. But it starts with bold preaching. I am persuaded that people think that you have to be a preacher to preach. But I believe that every human being has the opportunity to declare God's goodness whether you're in a professional environment, whether you're in a painful environment, whether you're in a pr- problematic environment. I don't care if you're in a bottom or you're at prosperity at the top. God, wants, God is looking for men and women that will let him fill them up and let his goodness shine through their lives. You know the anointing comes on you that's why David had to take off Saul's armor he goes look I'm not a king I don't fight with armor and giant swords I hung out in the backwoods I played the harp by a van down by the river with my slingshot I'm not good at swords and javelins I'm good with my little slingshot and I have found that God's anointing will come on what you do for a living well I'm not here forever that's all right God's anointing will come on you for a season I worked at Winco. I was a deli slicer. I had 15 moms in the deli. They were grandmoms. Come on. I was the only young college guy. I was like, like everyone was over the age of 60 and they were all ladies. And It was just me and them. And I'm like getting advice about everything, slicing meat like nobody's business. There was an anointing in that season to be an employee in that environment that was a light for Jesus. The problem is, is many times we're, 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 we're quiet about our faith. We live in a society that says, hey, if you want to um, talk politics, be loud. You want to you get on Instagram and scream what you believe about uh, your diet and what you should eat, the meat you should eat or the meat you shouldn't eat, or you want to be loud about the CrossFit gym you go to, or you want to be loud about the, the Netflix show you watched or the recipe that you cooked. You can be loud about anything and everything, but as long as it doesn't have anything to do with Jesus Christ." If you're a Muslim, we'll applaud you in the NFL. If you're Hindu, you're Buddhist, you're Muslim, you're atheist, you're agnostic. If if you worship dolphins or whales, profound. But the moment you say, I love Jesus, you better shut up with that stuff. Why is it you can prescribe to any world religion and no one gives you a hard time in America, but the moment you you take a knee like Tim Tebow, you're like, this guy's ridiculous. How dare him talk about Jesus and God? I think we live in a world that wants us to be quiet with our faith. But the problem is, is when we're shy with our faith, there will always be a vacuum of power. Because God's power comes on believers that are bold. You know why some churches don't see miracles? Because they're not, they're too scared to actually step out of the boat. So what we do is we sit in the boat and we criticize the Peter churches. You know the Peter churches that are getting out on the water? That guy's actually praying for sick people? Get back in the boat, Peter. You're going to get wet out there. You're, you don't get back in this boat, young man. You're going to get soaked. You're going to drown out in that storm. You have no, listen, Jesus belongs out there. Peter, you better get your butt back in this ship. Can you believe? That's what they do. That's what the disciples, listen, the, the disciples did it. 11 of them were in the boat talking about, man, that Peter's arrogant. He thinks that he can, he can do what Jesus did. That Peter, what a what a prima, what a spiritual elitist! That Joker thinks that he can walk on the water like like Jesus is walking on the water. That that guy's an idiot. He better get back in this boat. You know that Christians then do the same thing they do today. That Ocean's Church believes that God still heals people, that God still does signs and wonders, that the Spirit of God is still on the earth, that He still speaks to His sons and daughters. Get back in the boat, Peter can't believe that guy what an idiot i believe that that god follows and he fills those that are bold for him problem is as modern religious focuses more on filling up churches with people than filling up people with god we want to have full people uh full full churches but we want full churches that because because the people are so full they're bringing others I think the problem is today is people think that they, don't have, that they don't have the opportunity to function with God in their work environment. I believe that God wants to anoint us in physical, tangible ways. What is the anointing? It's actually living and doing life with God, in sync with God. And I think many people, they don't do it. But I, I think if sickness is tangible, I think if sin is tangible, I think the presence of God in our life must be tangible. I think if the world celebrates sin, the church has to celebrate the presence of God. And I'm tired of living in a society that we celebrate our darkness out in society more than the church celebrates its light in the church. We have to be those that go, God, we need a tangible touch. God lives in the heart of every believer, but not every believer is willing to give God all of their hearts. I believe if you're a designer, let God uh, uh, stimulate your imagination and design with God. If you paint, paint with God. If you're a mechanic, come on, fix things with God. If you're a teacher, come on, teach with God. Are you hearing me today? If you're a director, direct. The problem is, is we compartmentalize our faith and we say, God only cares about me on Sundays. If you're an entrepreneur, I believe the greatest entrepreneurs on the earth should be those that have a direct phone line to heaven. I believe the greatest businessmen and women on the earth should be those that have a direct phone line to heaven. Why in the world would we think that people are more creative that don't know the creator than those of us that do? I believe the greatest brand designers, labels, marketers, those that are doing things that are shifting culture, they should be those that know the God that made culture. I know this is foreign for some of you, but I'm just telling you today, listen, God made everything. Why would we not include him in what we're doing in life? See... Paul started preaching boldly, and bold preaching will always incite, it'll recruit faith to believe. He was saying, yeah, there was a guy at a gate a couple weeks back. Peter was there. My, my friend Peter was in this city. He was at a gate called Beautiful, and there was a guy that was born paralyzed. He never walked. He was a beggar. He was, he was a beggar. And one day, Peter and John, my buddies, they saw him, and they said, hey, we ain't got silver and gold, but we do have, we have, in the, in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. And guess what? A couple weeks ago, a guy that never walked, walked. And as Paul and Barnabas are telling the story in, uh, in Lystra, this guy that's never walked heard the story. And he goes, whoa, maybe if God did a miracle for someone like me, maybe he could also do it for me. You know, sometimes you don't have faith for yourself, but if you hear about somebody else that has gone through what you're going through and made it out with God on the other side, it somehow has a way of almost inspiring the level of faith inside of you, they're like, whoa, if he was addicted to alcohol and Zach got free, maybe God could get me out of my darkness. Whoa. Problem is, sometimes it's no one speaking boldly, sharing what God has done for them. I stand before you today as a living witness that I was in darkness. I was in bondage. I spent 18 years worshiping myself. And you know what you, you worship based upon what you fear. And if you study what you worship long enough, you'll see what you fear. And if you look at what you fear long enough, you'll see what you worship. Here's the good news. When you fear God, you're not scared of a lot of stuff. When I worship God, I'm not scared of a lot of stuff. And Today, I believe this story is so so, uh, powerful because the second thing that bold preaching will do, it creates a second chamber, a second cycle, which is when people will live with God and preach His Word boldly. The second thing that happens is, is, God's power, his credentials will flow. It says that God accompanied, the, the preaching boldly. The Lord confirmed it with many signs and wonders following. Why do miracles happen at Ocean's Church on a regular basis? I believe every week miracles happen because we just preach boldly that he still does. We had a guy that hasn't had a, he hasn't had a seizure in eight months. Has had an epilepsy for most of his life. Was sitting right over here for a service. And literally, God, eight months ago in this church, in these tents, healed his body of epilepsy. We have people that couldn't get pregnant that have gotten pregnant in this church. <laughs> Doctors said, you're not going to get, we're pregnant, we're having babies. We serve a God that does the impossible. What are we going to see, church? We're going to see church uh, that has power flowing through it. You know, Mark 16:17 says, these signs follow those that believe. That what? Believe. That signs follow What? Those that believe. I think there's an absence of signs and wonders and miracles in America because there's an absence of churches that still believe that he can do them. One of my friends said that the Jesus you believe in is the Jesus that you receive. If you believe in a Jesus that heals headaches, he'll heal headaches. But if you believe he's big enough to cure cancer, he'll cure cancer. The Jesus, what we see, is the Jesus that we get. What we sing about in worship, we bring about. We want to be a church that actually preaches. It says in Mark 16, 20, that they preached everywhere and the Lord was working with them, confirming the word, confirming the word, confirming the word by accompanying of signs and wonders following. You ever booked a reservation for a hotel and you didn't get a confirmation email? And you're like, someone stole my credit card. (laughs) You ever bought something online and they were supposed to send you a confirmation and you didn't get it right away? And you're like, whoa, I think I just... I think I just got ripped off. We ordered a piece of furniture for our new house from this website we thought was legit, and it wasn't legit. And uh, we thank God that, you know, we're like, hey, we got ripped off. They're like, okay, we'll refund you if, it's, if, if you're telling the truth. And so we got refunded. But I was, I was thinking to myself, how crazy is it that we count on confirmation almost everywhere? You book a hotel, send me my confirmation. You book a flight, send me my confirmation. You sign up for car insurance, I need an email confirming that I'm insured. So why would we want confirmation everywhere else in life, but when it pertains to blind faith, we go, God, I'll, I'll, I'll pray, but I'll never expect that you're going to confirm that you're the God that heard. Listen to me, God, God's miracles are his confirmation that we're actually doing what he asked us to do. And at Ocean's Church, every week, we're going to continue to see God shake Orange County with signs and wonders as a confirmation that those that preach that Jesus is still alive and he's still powerful, we're going to get what we preach on. Amen? All right. So power is the second cycle that we see here. You know, it says in 1 Kings 17, 24, that Elijah, it says, The woman said to Elijah after after Elijah brought her son back from the dead. True story. She said, now I, know, now I know that you are a man of God and that the word of the Lord is in your mouth because there was a confirmation of miraculous powers that followed. I believe many people don't believe today the because there's not bold preaching that's leading to, to divine power. Bold preaching in your vocation, in your church, in your small group, in your family. If you will be bold with your faith, divine power will follow your life. The problem is we have an absence of power in Christianity today because we have an absence of boldness with our faith. We will shout our favorite TV show from the rooftops. We'll shout about everything and anything, but we are quiet with our Jesus. And I believe that we got to be more vocal, and everyone said amen. amen. Third cycle we don't like to talk about. But it was a cycle in the early church is they went from being, they went from, from being uh, bold in their preaching to power and miracles flowing. Guys getting up that never walked. People talking that never talked. People hearing that never heard. Miracles happening. And then often when miracles started breaking out, it's always the same story. What's the cycle? Is miracle power always started persecution. Whenever miracles started breaking out, there was always a resistance that rose up. I have found this to be true even in our ministry at Boise State. No one cares about what you're doing until you start impacting a lot of people. We were 12 people at the Biblical Study Center in Boise, Idaho. We had 12 students coming. No one cared what I preached. No one cared what we did. No one cared what was happening. But the moment that the entire football team started getting saved and the entire wrestling team started having God encounters and we baptized 47 players on on one Wednesday night. And when revival started hitting Boise State and we started having 1,700 students show up to the famous theater in downtown Boise, and 400 college students were getting saved on a Friday night. That's when all of a sudden all of the religious experts, all of the newspapers, everyone started having opinions about what we were doing. I have found that when power flows, persecution rises up. Interesting thing is this, everywhere there is persecution in the Bible... Most persecution rose from religious people that were jealous. Isn't that wild? I have found it's not usually atheists that throw rocks at the church. It's people that go, you can't preach about Jesus healing anymore. You can't believe that God uses women. God doesn't use women. He only uses men. They gotta be 40 years old with a beard and they have to have 16 years of seminary and they have to be married for five years and have their home decently in order to be used by God. And I'm like, man, if we went off your criteria of being a pastor, Jesus couldn't pastor a church. Paul couldn't have pastored. Peter couldn't have pastored. John couldn't have pastored. Are you hearing me today? Religion makes requirements that Jesus never started. And I'll tell you what, persecution usually rises. It's not from the, it's not from the non-believing party animal. It's from the jaded, skeptical Pharisees that go, look, God can't use a young preacher in his wife's jeans. These aren't my wife's jeans. God can't use a church in Orange County that's meeting in tents. God can't, you know, why, why are you talking about God's power? God's not powerful anymore. He, all that stuff stopped with the apostles. You just stop getting people's hopes up. Preachers gotta stop getting people's hopes up. I've heard that before. You know what religion does? Religion tries to keep people living low. But we're not lowlifes around here. <laughs> Whatever that means. We're going to be people that actually get people's hopes up. God will meet you where you're at. He is the God that will meet you in your time of need. You're in a storm. He'll get you out of it. You're facing opposition. God will get you through it. You went through a tragedy. God will get you to the other side. The winds of adversity are blowing. That's all right. We have a God that gets us where we need to go. We don't bow. We don't cower. We have a God that can When persecution, it's not if, it's when. When persecution arises, Jesus told us to do this. I tell you this, love your enemies and pray for those that persecute you. Do you know how you stop seasons of persecution? Usually it stops when you pray for the people that are causing it. You know what happened to Saul of Tarsus? He stopped persecuting the church when the church prayed for him to get saved. I think we got to pray for people that are persecuting Christians today. I pray that God would rock all of the Taliban with the presence of Jesus Christ. I pray that leaders of the Taliban would start having dreams and encounters with Jesus in the middle of the night that wake them up and cause them to fall to their knees and cry out for mercy. I pray that God would do then what he does now. Do it again, Lord. Let's pray for the lost people that are persecuting the world. Job's tribulation didn't stop until he prayed for his friends. And I believe it will be a praying church. Praying church. God, would you shake those that are persecuting us? I don't know, I feel something today in here. Where are the Christians that say, God, if you could wake up the, you wake up Saul Tarsus. If you could turn a murdering, a Christian murdering man into the greatest advocate of Christianity on the earth maybe, listen to me, do you know that Paul would have been the equivalent to the leader of the Taliban back then he would have been some gnarly terrorist killing Christians and I'm not trying to be weird today or politically incorrect I'm just trying to tell you today if God could change a guy like Saul of Tarsus he could change anybody stand your, or sit your feet sit down, sit, down. sit down, don't stand your feet almost done cycles. You guys need five more minutes? Feel something to hear. I believe that when we start being a church that prays for those that are causing our problems, pray for your ex-wife. Come on, pray for that, that, that ex-business partner that's, that's, that's trying to hurt you. I'm telling you, the Bible says to pray for your enemies, to actually pray, to actually bless those that persecute you. He goes on, he says, blessed are you when you are persecuted for righteousness sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Paul told Timothy, I'm telling you, Timothy, I want you to know what I teach, and know how I live and what purpose of my life is. You you know my faith. You know my patience. You know my love and my endurance. You know how much persecution and suffering I endured. You know all about how I was persecuted in Antioch, in Iconium, in Lystra, in Derbe. You know. He said this though, but the Lord rescued me out of all of it. The Lord rescued me Out of all of it. Yes. And everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ will go through seasons of persecution. People ask for a problem-free life. That's not what the early Christians did. In Acts chapter 4 and 5 when they started to persecute the church and they said, you better shut up with your faith or we're gonna kill you. They actually beat them. They they beat the, 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 the apostles. After they were beaten, watch what happens. They prayed. And when you read the prayer in Acts 4 and 5, you will find they did not pray for peace. They didn't pray for no more problems. You know what they prayed for? Boldness. God, would you look at the threats of the world right now? Would you look at the threats of the Taliban right now? Would you look at the threats that are going on all over the earth today, and would you grant that with all boldness, your sons and your daughters would not cower, we would not bow, we would not give up, but we would continue to believe that our God can and our God will deliver us. He goes on to say, when the Lord stood with me in my times of persecution, he said the Lord strengthened me so that the message might be preached fully through me and that all the Gentiles might hear. Also out of the mouth of lions the Lord will deliver me from every evil work, and he will preserve me for his heavenly kingdom. To him be glory forever and ever. Amen. This is the Bible that we read. Christianity is not a problem-free life. It's not a persecution-free life. It's a life that says when I'm persecuted, I'm going to do what I know best. I'm going to persevere. Write it down. Say with me. Persevere. We have too many people that quit when they're, perse- when they're persecuted. We don't quit in times of persecution. We persevere. Galatians 6 says, Don't grow weary in well-doing, for in due time you will reap if you do not lose heart. Therefore, they stayed there a long time after they were persecuted in Acts 14, and they spoke boldly. They didn't give up. They persevere. Listen to me very clearly today. If God puts a Goliath in front of you, he knows that there is a David inside of you. If God puts a Goliath in front of you, he knows that there is a David inside of you. And if you if will you get this today, come on California, that if we have Goliaths in our lands that are taking away freedoms and taking away these, making weird agendas and weird laws and trying to affect our babies, listen to me, if we are facing Goliaths in California, God knows there are some Christians that have some Davids inside of them. Where are those Davids? Where are those men and those women that are not scared of the taunting Philistines? Tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, trials, wars. These are where the David surfaces. What surfaces, Davids? Giants. We never would have known about David if there was never a Goliath. Some of you never would have known what you were capable of doing had not the enemy taunted you. I I believe the days will come that the devil will pay. The devil will regret ever messing with this state. This is the golden state, friends. The state does not belong to hell. It belongs to heaven. And I'm telling you right now, we moved here because I believe heaven's going to invade this state once again. If you believe it, give him a hand, clap, and a shout. Almost finished. Last cycle we see here is they went from preaching boldly divine power would flow religious persecution would follow but the church would persevere and if you'll persevere long enough I'm telling you today, you'll stand long enough you know in Ecclesiastes chapter 3 there's 27 stages or 27 seasons, it says a time to be born and a time to die and a time to sow and a time to reap, time for all everything under the sun there's a season the only season and time you won't find is a season to give up I've never read about God saying yes, time to quit And I have a word for someone in here today, you're believing God to get pregnant. Do not stop believing. Someone in here, you're believing that cancer will come out of your body. You do not stop believing. Someone that's still addicted to pornography and you think that you're never going to get free. Listen to me. You do not stop believing that your God can and will deliver you. We don't die in doubt. We live in faith. We don't die in doubt. We live in Paul says to die is gain, to live is Christ. What I don't do is I don't give up on this idea that to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. If I live, I live by faith. Where are the people that go, I don't care if I'm not, I'm not healed yet. I'm still believing. Gratitude is thanking God after the miracle. Faith is thanking God before the miracle. Where are the Shadrachs? Where is my shack, your shack, in a bungalow that say, God can God will deliver but even if he doesn't still not going to give up to this doubt fear. where are those people where are those people I feel it in the room today I'm telling you today that God is doing something in this place And I'm telling you that a praying church is the one. It says that when he was dragged out of the city dead, they threw stuff at him until he died. Sometimes the enemy will throw so much stuff at you. And sometimes they won't stop throwing it at you until you're still enough for them to think that you're dead. But I've learned that when the enemy throws stuff at me, I'm just going to be still and I'm going to know who's God. They dragged him out of the city. But here's what I love. is that It says the disciples gathered around him. Listen to me. Some of you, your miracle will start if you start getting some real Christians around you. Some of you are surrounded by the wrong people and you're staying dead. You know why your faith is dead? Because everyone around you has dead faith. You know why your, your convictions are dead? Because everyone around you has dead convictions. You know why you're, you're, you're so religious? Because everyone around you is religious. Get some real disciples around you. Paul didn't start moving until some real disciples gathered around him, and they started to pray. Say with me, pray. I believe that you would never stop praying if you saw what happened when you prayed. Prayer is powerful. You see, worry is a conversation with yourself about things that you cannot change. Prayer is a conversation you have with God about things that He can change. Prayer. And when the church began to pray, you know what happened? Bold preaching started again. And all of a sudden, the cycle started over again. Prayer always ushered in bold preaching. Upper room, bold prayer, passionate prayer. What happened in Acts chapter 2? They were all filled with the Holy Spirit. What happened next? Bold preaching. Peter gets up and preaches. About 3,000 people were added to the church in one day. What happened after that? Well, a miracle in in, in Acts chapter 4 breaks out at the gate beautiful and persecution arises. What do they do in persecution? They persevere. You better stop preaching that name. No, we're not gonna do that. It's better to serve God than man. I'd rather obey Jesus than Gavin Newsom sometimes. Can I get an amen in the church? That's scary. No, it's not. It's better for us to serve God sometimes. Serve man. Feel some courage in here today. And I'm telling you, I feel the presence of God. If we will be bold in our preaching, he will be strong in his power. I believe what we have seen miracles in the Bible, we'll see them in Ocean's Church. The days will come, I want to prophesy to this region. The days will come that people will get on planes from all over the world. And they'll fly into John Wayne Airport, they'll fly into San Diego Airport, they'll fly into LAX Airport. And they will drive here on Sundays and on Fridays and on Saturdays. And the days will come, I believe, that people will fly from all over the world to be a part of the miraculous touch, the power of God that flows through this property. I do believe it. I don't care if you don't, I've already seen it. I already feel it. I already know it's coming. God is looking for a church that he can trust his power with. It's going to be a powerful place. Many people are scared. But I'm telling you, never judge a person by the cycle that they're in. In one cycle, David was a shepherd. And then another cycle he was in, he was a fugitive. And in the next cycle, he was the king of the world. Never judge someone based on the cycle that they're currently in. In one cycle Ruth was working in the field, in the next next cycle she owned the field. In one cycle Paul was killing Christians, in the next cycle God used him to establish the Christian world. Never judge someone for the cycle that they're currently in. Do you know the truth? Is we are all one encounter with God away from doing something great in the world. Every one of you is one encounter away from doing something great for God in the world you stand your feet I feel victory in the room today I feel victory in the tents today I feel like some of you you've been defeated for a long time and just hearing someone boldly profess that you can get free there's people in here that you are literally poisoned by bitterness and you are bound by iniquity and I hear the Holy Spirit saying today that you're gonna I'm gonna bring forgiveness in your heart and I'm gonna remove the iniquity that's tied you up for 20 years someone's gonna get free from a pill addiction today God is going to liberate an addict today, a heroin user today. God, you can do anything. I pray, Lord, not only for the addict. I pray for the, de- the depressed. I pray for the mentally ill. I pray for those that have paralysis in parts of their body. I pray today for those that have epilepsy, those that have ulcers in their stomach. I lift up, God, those today that need a miracle of God healing from the cancer. I pray that, God, you would, you would move mightily at Ocean's Church. Yeah yeah come on does anybody believe sing. can we sing I believe I believe you're a wonder working God you're a wonder working God yeah yeah come on come on he's too good come on can't you stand your feet would you lift your hands if you believe that he's powerful would you close your eyes
0: he's here he's
1: here I'm not afraid to today lame man was sitting there his whole life but something inside of him started to believe that God could change his situation is there anybody today that believes that God can change your situation someone is someone has like chronic pain in your body chronic pain it never goes away it might go away for a couple hours but it's just chronic I want to pray today for chronic pain someone here used never have any relief might be a back, might be a muscle, might be autoimmune condition. I pray, Lord, this will be a day of miracles. Does anybody have faith with me for miracles today? Anybody in Ocean's Church believe that God is the God of miracles? If you need a miracle touch today, just have faith right now. Someone's even lame. Maybe, maybe you're numb in parts of your body, or you lost feeling in your legs, or your ankles, or your hands. If you need a miracle today in your body, maybe you are trying to get pregnant. Maybe you do have epilepsy. Maybe you are struggling with mental illness. Maybe you're schizophrenic. Maybe you have bipolar proclivities. Or maybe you are bipolar. Maybe maybe you're clinically depressed. I don't think that faith is ignoring a doctor's prognosis. I just think that faith is not ignoring God either. You can tell me what you think I have, but I'm just not going to ignore what God tells me He can do. If you need a miracle today, would well, you just lift your hand? I feel faith in the tents. If you're watching online, I encourage you to put your hand on your heart. We're a believing church, and I do believe that one of the things that God's asked us to do in Orange County is to believe. So many great churches in Orange County, just not a lot of churches that still believe that God does miracles. So many churches here, you tell them that you're sick, they'll say, we'll help you plan your funeral. We're not that church. We're going to fight with you until we can't fight any longer. If you need a miracle in your body, just come on, put your hands up today. If someone's hand is next to you, we're, we're a family at Oceans Church. We think it's good to pray for one another. Mark 16 says that we'll lay hands on those that are sick and they will recover. Guys with guys, preferably, girls with girls, unless it's your wife, your husband, just put your hand on your shoulder today. I would love it. Everyone that has a hand up has someone praying for them. If you need a touch from heaven, come on all over the room today. Just pray this prayer. Say in Jesus' name. We ask you, Lord, to fill them from the top of their head to the bottom of their feet. We ask you to do... What doctors, medicine, surgeries, operations, do it faster, do it better, do it thoroughly, do what doctors say, can't be done. I pray for documented miracles, In Jesus' name. We ask You, Holy Spirit, I pray that cyst would be removed right now, dissolve the ulcer, I pray for the person that has kidney issues, liver failure. I even pray for the guy that, that, that drank and smoked his whole life and destroyed his liver and destroyed his lungs. I pray, God, even a day that, God, you would do a creative miracle. I pray that you would restore his liver, that you would restore his lungs. I pray that you're the God of second chances. I pray that you would heal people that have abused their bodies. I pray for those that that destroyed their bodies with drugs. I pray that that lived hard years. God, would you restore the years the locusts have devoured. I pray for creative miracles today. I pray for someone that has an issue with your esophagus. You might even have cancer in your esophagus. I pray in Jesus Christ's name that, God, you would give them a brand new esophagus today. I pray for creative miracles. Creative miracles. Holy Spirit, come on. Anybody believe that He heals? So right now, come on, one more time, just say in Jesus' name, we invite the power that accompanies the gospel of Jesus Christ. Come on, we invite the power of the Holy Spirit that follows the preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Heal, cleanse, restore. I even pray that you'd evict people that have darkness living inside of them. I pray for every spirit that's not the Holy Spirit. People being manipulated, God, by dark spirits. God even went to mediums, went to sorcerers, witchcraft, the occult, fortune tellers, soothsayers. I pray today, anyone that's opened themselves up to darkness, that God today you would evict that darkness and you would fill him with the Holy Spirit. I pray that no spirit would survive in this church except the Holy Spirit. Yeah. I pray like Moses' staff that you would consume all the false snakes. You are the king. You are the king of all kings. Jesus' name. I know this is deeper than some of you have ever gone before, but I've learned that the deep end isn't scary if you know how to swim. I'm not trying to be spooky or weird, but I know when God speaks to me. Would you put your hand on your heart right now? There is someone in here today. Your name's Trent. God's touching your mind right now. He's touching your mind right now. You're not going to continue to struggle with that issue with your mental condition. God is touching your mind right here, right now. You might be watching online. You might be in the tents today. But I pray you would touch his brain, touch his mind in Jesus' name. I pray there's like a Lucy in, in our church or Lucille. You might even be a first-time guest today. But you have some sort of chronic pain in your body. And today, Lucille, God is touching your body. I pray, Lord, from the top of her head. It's like even in your ribcage. I pray that you would touch Lucille. I pray you would heal Lucille today. You would touch Lucy today in Jesus' name. I do pray for Maddie. I pray that you would heal her from the top of her head to the bottom of her feet. I pray that God you would extinguish pain. I pray the next three decades of her life, she wouldn't know the pain that she's known the last three decades. Heal today. Heal today. Heal today. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. How many here today say, Mark, would you pray for me? That God would give me a boldness in my faith. I don't want to be embarrassed about Jesus and proud about my cowboys. I don't want to be more, more of an advocate of the Rams or the Lakers than I am of Jesus Christ. Would you make me as bold about, about Jesus as I am about CrossFit? Would you make me about, as bold about Jesus as I am about my vegan diet? Would you make me as bold about Jesus as I am about, about barbecue and brownies and crumble cookies? God, make us bold. If you want God to makes you more bold today, would you just lift your hands. I believe he'll fill you with boldness. I pray that Oceans Church I pray we wouldn't be scared about being politically correct. I pray that we wouldn't be scared to step on some toes sometimes. Not to be rebellious, not to be defiant, but to be God-honoring. I thank you that we will never dishonor you to honor men. I pray that we'd be a God-honoring church, do our best to honor everybody else, but we're never going to dishonor Jesus. We're never going to dishonor the Holy Spirit. So I ask you today, say with me, make me bold. Come on, say it like you mean it, make me bold. Look at the threats in the world today and make us bold. Look at the evil in California today and make us bold. Look at how crooked our state is today and make us bold. God, if there was ever an hour to be bold, it's now. If there was ever a place to be bold, it's here. Make us, make me bold, bold. Be strong and courageous. Be strong, Ocean's Church. Be strong and courageous. Don't fear the giants of our land. Don't be scared of the giants in this region. God says, be strong and be very courageous. For the Lord our God is with us wherever we go. And everywhere the sole of our feet treads upon, he will give unto us. As he was with Moses, certainly God will be with us. As he was with Joshua, certainly he will be with us. As As he was with Peter, James, and John, certainly he will be with us. So God, make us bold today. Hands on your heart today. We'll close. I'm I'm finished. We're in in overtime right now. I pray right now for anyone in the tents, anyone online, that is not currently living with Jesus, living for Jesus. Hear me clearly. Living with Him, living for Him. Some of you have God in your life, but you're not living for Him. You believe in Jesus, but if your life was a car, Jesus would be in the trunk. He's in your car, you believe in Him, but He's not driving your life. Others of you, he's in the back seat. Others of you, he's he's riding shotgun. Today, I feel like the Holy Spirit says, would you hand me the keys? Hand me the keys. Come on, Carrie Underwood said it best. Let Jesus take the wheel. If you're here today, and you know that you're living without God, driving, leading, and with God in your life. If you want to rededicate your faith, say, God, I want to live for you and with you. Or maybe you're here today and for the very first time you go, something's clicking in my soul. Something's happening in my spirit. Preachers that preach from the mind reach people's minds. Preachers that preach from the heart reach people's hearts. But preachers that preach from their spirit and their soul, well, I believe affect people's souls and their spirit. And today you feel something in your soul and your spirit that says, I want God in my life. If that's you today online or in the tents, I want you to raise your hand on the count of three. If you want to rededicate your life or for the very first time say, Jesus, would you take the wheel? Would you, would you start driving me? I want you in my car. I want you guiding my life. If that's you today, I'm I'm out of time. Would you raise your hand on the count of three? He's here. Holy Spirit summons every person that needs to respond right now. Give them courage and boldness to respond in Jesus' name. Eyes closed, all over, heads bowed. This is a holy moment. If you know that today's the day that you get serious with God, if you get serious with Him, He will get serious with you. If you need to rededicate your life, or for the first time on the count of three, one, I want you to raise your hand. Two, I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to have you come forward. I just want you to raise your hand right now where you're at. Three, that's me. I'm rededicating my life. Today's my day. I'm not missing this bus. Real high. Lots of hands today. I'm going to keep, keep them up. I'm going to count. I'm going I'm to count real high. Don't be shy. I see three, four. Keep it up high. I see five, six, seven. Real high. I see 8, I see 9 I see 10, real high real high, I see 11 see 12, real high 13 thank you, real high, 14 awesome, 14 hands miracles to flow right now and I pray for Iman right now we continue to pray for our, our friend that's right now in that hospital room I pray as there's, there's, there's 13 miracles happening right now people getting right with you People that are going to show up to the beach tonight and get baptized. As there's miracles happening in this church, I pray for a miracle to happen at that Kaiser. I pray that he would get out of that bed, Lord, in the the coming days. I pray that he would live and not die and declare the goodness of God in the land of the living. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Those 13 people, pray this prayer. Say, Jesus. Come on, Ocean. say with me. Jesus, like you mean it today, Jesus, I invite you into the front seat driver's seat of my life would you forgive me would you heal me would you forgive me and would you fill me with your awesome holy spirit guide me direct me and live with me from this day forward in jesus christ's name and the people of god said come on give god a good hand clap today
0: thanks for listening to our podcast have a great week